Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a bank that's ranked in the top 10 nationwide in surveys like um, they're conducted like from organizations like TimeMagazine'sMoney.com or Forbes Magazine, well, I'm sitting in that bank, Renaissance Bank. They get ranked consistently at the top among their uh, banking peers for uh, best bank in Georgia, best bank in the U.S., bank, best bank in the Southeast. If And I think they've achieved those um, high marks because of the great service that they provide. So if you're looking for a different banking experience for your business, then go to renaissancebank.com to learn more, find one of their local offices, maybe give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Sylvia Reisman. Sylvia is with Purity Patient Advocates. Sylvia, welcome. Thank you, John. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, Sylvia, let's talk a little bit about you and the great work you do. How are you serving folks out there? Well, John, I serve as an independent patient advocate, or some people call health advocate. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I do is I help people navigate our complex healthcare system so that they can obtain a correct diagnosis. Uh, In many cases, these are individuals who have a complex illness and who have run from doctor to doctor, and they're not getting answers, and they know something is wrong. And so that is kind of in a nutshell what I do. Okay. Okay. And something I think we need to make clear to folks as we have this conversation, you're not a doctor. And so you don't provide medical advice like doctors do. So that's not really your role, right? Talk about that. That is correct. As an independent patient advocate, I cannot provide medical advice, a diagnosis, or treatment. So I always encourage people to reach out to their physician if they do have medical-related questions. But you help... Uh, patients that need maybe a, is Sherpa the right word? I mean, you a, a guide. They need a guide through a, a complex medical system that they don't understand. Maybe they have a disease they don't understand, right? Nobody understands cancer before they get it, right? Um, you help navigate people through that. That is correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. So it starts... From the time I have a client who reaches out to me, who, I mean, when they come to me, they know they have a problem. Right. It's not like I'm out trying to sell what I do. They mm-hmm. know they have a problem and they need help. So it all starts with that and uh, with a 15-minute complimentary consultation that we discuss, you know, what is going on with them. Is mm-hmm. it something that I can help them with, first of all? Um, and then to see if we're a good fit for, for that client to see if we're a good fit within that 15-minute. So, but yes, Let's dive into that a little more deeply. I want to make sure folks understand, like when when should someone call you? I mean, what are the circumstances that are going on when they should call you for your services? Sometimes they have problems that are temporary in dealing right. with their physician or, right. or whatever, right? Sometimes there's something more systematic, and that's where you come in, right? Right. 
So my niche is helping individuals who, again, may have multiple symptoms or a complex condition. Maybe they've been diagnosed with something. They might be questioning that diagnosis or maybe, you know, even in my own case, running from doctor to doctor, knowing something's wrong, they're not getting answers. In some cases, unfortunately, they're being gaslighted or told it's all in your head, Um, you know, or maybe they're given a Band-Aid medication and they're not seeing improvement in their health. And so it's affecting their quality of life. When it affects your quality of life, you know, everything can just fall apart. And so that's at the point that I will get a call from someone. In other words, they're not calling me saying, I'm in the hospital. They're at a point that they're seeing a physician or multiple physicians. They know they're sick and they need answers. And maybe it's gotten to the point that it's affecting them mentally, right? I mean, they're depressed, they're um, out of sorts, taking it out on their family, what have you. Absolutely. It impacts every aspect of your life. Mm. And I mean, it happened to me. So um, it does. It affects you physically, emotionally, and financially. And the trickle effect is unbelievable, you know, from your personal relationships, your family, your professional relationships, your employment, everything. I want to get into your own story uh, since you brought it up, because that's really what makes you passionate about this work, right? Absolutely. Um, So I became obviously ill and visibly ill back in 2006 when I was living in Florida. Mm. I lived in the Tampa Bay area for nine years, although I'm from Georgia. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew something was terribly wrong. Um, Started going to my conventional in-network physicians within my insurance network and, you know, again, handed, oh, here's a sleeping pill, here's this, and I knew that's that's not it. And so over the course of five years, I saw over 20 physicians in two states before I actually self-diagnosed with Lyme disease. And even when that occurred, and I had a physician in the Tampa area run a specialized test for me, uh, I was in the process of moving back to Savannah when I... Um, about three weeks later, I called their office to get the results, and I was told over the phone verbally that I was negative. So I asked if they could send me a hard copy of the results. Mm -hmm. And once I received those results and reviewed them, I realized that I was positive. So I actually called the lab company in California and spoke to the owner who confirmed that I was positive for Lyme disease. And so that, you know, again, was just mind blowing, but I think how many other people is this happening to? Well, hold on just a (laughs) second. I mean, this seems like real, Basic stuff, either you're positive or you're <laughs> negative, right? I mean, it's pretty binary. So, like, wh- how did you get a report that said you were negative? So, this was a panel, uh, a specialized test out of California, and it was a panel. And this yeah. was the first time this physician had run this panel because I actually requested it. I asked him, I brought him a kit and asked him if he could run it. So, I believe what happened, I, you know, this was a very nice doctor. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what happened was he misinterpreted the panel because he'd never run it before. And so he looked at one particular line that said uh, negative, but he missed another area on the panel. Mm. So I actually reached out to him later because I wanted him to know. And I think at first it shook him up. And I said, look, I just was calling because I wanted you to be aware because I think he did everything he could. He really wanted to help me. Right. You know, it wasn't like he tried to dismiss me. Mm-hmm. So, but then I went to New York and I confirmed the diagnosis with a specialist in New York. Got it. Um, well, you did that man, that, uh, man or woman, whoever it was a favor. Um, and I can understand why they react defensively because people are on the attack sometimes. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, folks, Sylvia Reisman is with us. She is the founder, chief patient advocate at purity patient 
advocates. So um, talk about the conversation that you have with um, your clients. And I guess, how do you work with clients when there are things like HIPAA and all the restrictions about what um, providers can legally tell um, uh, folks that aren't the patient? So part of my process when I do retain a client, um, the first thing that we do is I do have a medical records release. So they do sign that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also use a uh, platform where I store the client's information called MyJuna, mm-hmm. and it is a HIPAA compliant platform. Mm-hmm. So we, I keep all the records, you know, in that platform as well as if we attend a doctor, if I attend a doctor's appointment, whether it's virtually in, or in person, that's where I will keep, you know, the conversation and the notes. And I also can email my client through that portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know about, you know, medical portals with our doctor's office, but this is a client portal that I use that is HIPAA compliant. Mm. So that maintains the confidentiality. Got it. Got it. And so the, the services that you provide, I mean, you mentioned accompanying someone to the doctor, either in person or virtually, but what, what else are we talking about? So um, to start with, when I do, when I do have a new client, the first step, the most important part of my process when we're talking about someone who is complex, like I was, mm-hmm. is that I actually developed an in-depth assessment. And that assessment takes approximately one to two hours where I will interview that person and ask them a series of questions because what I'm looking for is areas that their physician or physicians or specialists may have overlooked because of our fragmented healthcare system where every specialist focuses on their one organ system, whether mm-hmm. it's a cardiologist or whether it's a, you know, gastrointestinal doctor looking at the stomach. So I'm trying to be kind of the detective and looking at areas that have may have been overlooked because it, unfortunately it's happening and it's happening more and more that people are being misdiagnosed or not diagnosed correctly. And so that's the most important part of my process because it's kind of like if you bring a car in, right, that it's not running and you keep taking it to different mechanic, but you're not getting anywhere. Well, that's why this assessment is so critical. And then once we get through that assessment, I come up with a plan of action for my client. And then I take the lead in executing that plan based on my client's wants, needs, and wishes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's where we start. What are we going to do here? What's based on the outcome of the assessment? We'll talk about what are the next steps. And that means researching for physicians for that person, um, a second opinion. Um, It could be a number of things. How do, this may be a tough, well, it is a tough question to answer <laughs> because every patient's different, right? That's right. But um, how, do, how does a misdiagnosis occur? You talked about your situation and how if just one simple test would have been run, you know, the, the medical establishment, we won't blame any one person or individual or practice, but the medical establishment would have diagnosed your problem. Um, how do how does a misdiagnosis occur? Why? Oh, many reasons. And, and just to go back really quick, too, with the Lyme disease. Lyme disease is very difficult to diagnose because conventional testing is 50, 50% false negative. So that's why I had a specialized test run. That, so none of the Lyme disease testing is, you know, 
good, but what I had was the better test. So, so sometimes it's not the fault of the doctor. That's correct. Right. Sometimes the testing can be faulty. Mm-hmm. So, But in the case of other misdiagnosis, another example would be my own father, who was a five-year survivor of pancreatic cancer. Um, mm. he went, when he, he went into remission um, for about a year and a half, and then when it came back, he was misdiagnosed. And he was misdiagnosed with tendinitis, inflammation between his neck and his shoulder, and it was actually a tumor. So, you know, again, it it can happen. And uh, so, but one of the reasons why is because doctors are so, you know, they're under so much stress and time constraints. And so, and we're, and now we're seeing short staff, you know, in the hospitals, Mm -hmm. shortage of nurses. We, you know, we have physicians who are, you know, actually leaving the profession because of how they're being treated in some cases in the hospital systems throughout the country. Um, so that's why people need to know, consumers need to know what is, what are they up against? You know, because a lot of people don't even realize until it happens to them what's going on. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's easy to fall into a rut. I don't mean this as a criticism because we all do it, uh, as a professional and, and, you know, maybe you don't treat everyone, as individual as you should, right? You, you treat them based on the last thing you just saw or, or what you've seen recently or whatever. I completely agree. Each person is unique. Mm-hmm. And that's why part of my niche is actually integrative and functional medicine navigation. Because when you, when you are a complex case, like I was, chances are you're not going to get a correct diagnosis going through your conventional healthcare system. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but the odds are you're not going to get it. So that's why you have to be open to, if you really want to get a correct diagnosis, to look outside of your insurance network. Um, because when you look at functional medicine, it looks to get to the root cause of the problem instead of just addressing a symptom. And that is what functional integrative medicine does. It, it looks at you as a unique individual and runs tests based on that to determine the root cause of your problem. And this is not the default that most people have, right? They think they're in, they don't want to go out of network. They immediately think of the dollars that are involved, right? Correct. But let's talk about that for a second because I can't give you a number on how much money I lost, not to mention the physical and emotional suffering. But if I would known, known someone like myself 15 years ago, I would have been all over it because I would venture to say I probably lost several hundred thousand dollars between trying to get diagnosed getting my initial diagnosis that I've already shared with you. There mm-hmm. were other pieces to my puzzles and we don't have time to go into those today, mm-hmm. but I will tell you that, you know, I spent a fortune trying to get diagnosed and treated, mm-hmm. going, spending five years going through the conventional healthcare system. Right. And so how's everything for you today? I'm much better. Um, I still have some pieces to my puzzle that I'm working on, mm-hmm. but I, I, I know what's going on. And, and for a lot of people, that's like, that's emotionally just, you know, liberating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just to know, okay, this is what's going on. Right. Now let's put a plan together to ha- how we're go- how we're going to, you know, uh, achieve resolution. Yeah. Wow. What great work. Sylvia Reisman folks. She, Sylvia is a uh, founder, chief patient advocate for purity patient advocates, her own firm. Sylvia, let's talk about, um, the, I guess the niche that you have, you've got a particular niche for your practice, right? Correct. Okay. Say more about that. So, um, I, 
my niche is helping people, and in particular women, although I certainly will help a man, uh, because we have millions of people who are invisibly ill. When I say invisibly ill, you know, they look great. Um, they may have been diagnosed with a condition like chronic fatigue, uh, lupus, Parkinson's, um, fibromyalgia, you know, the list goes on, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And so we have millions of people like this. And again, uh, a lot of them, they may, may not have gotten to the root cause of their problem and they mm-hmm. may even know it. They just don't know what to do because like I said, they don't, they just don't know what are my resources? Where do I go? So, and using incorporating again, functional medicine, integrative, um, medical navigation is a part of that to help those individuals achieve resolution. So I also will help individuals. Let's say you have an adult parent, you know, a parent, um, maybe you're living in another state or maybe you're just, you know, your, your parent or parents are living alone and they just need somebody to go with them to the doctor's office because they just don't know what to ask. And that adult child may be concerned, like, you know, my, my, my parent is on too many medications. Why are they on so many medications? You know, this is just kind of an example. I'm not against medications. I'm just saying this is kind of an example. Yeah, that makes sense because that generation um, is not used to questioning the doctor, right? Whatever the doctor says is what they do, whether that involves a prescription they don't need or or, or maybe it's a prescription that conflicts with all these other prescriptions they've got, right? Absolutely. My mother was a prime example of that. She was a nurse and mm. she never questioned the doctor. She actually told me as a, as a child, don't you ever question the doctor. And I remember <laughs> her getting upset with me when I was 19 and she said, I think you have mono, but don't tell the doctor when I take you. And so oh, really? first thing I did was when I was in the room with him, I said, my mom thinks I have mono and he laughed so hard and yeah. he came back and said, yeah, you do. <laughs> I love it. Very true. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And so you really, um, I mean, the theme here that I really appreciate, and I think our listeners do, is you're really giving people peace of mind. I mean, it's not necessarily even, although it can be helping them get better medically, whatever that condition is. Sometimes it's just simply peace of mind, and it's that may not even involve changing the diagnosis. Absolutely. Um, because when my clients come to me, it's usually at a point where they are so frustrated, mm-hmm. they're fed up, they're scared, they've lost trust in the healthcare system. Um, I run into people every day. That's, I think anybody could just walk down the street and, and ask somebody and probably, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a high percentage of people who are not happy. And again, it goes back to the whole situation with our healthcare system. Um, I feel badly for the physicians who are put in a, a spot where they're forced to see a patient in 10 minutes. I mean, you know, people don't, people get mad at these doctors, but on the, on the other hand, there's some of them that their hands are tied. So, so yes. Yeah. And I heard a stat that, um, today, I think it's 80% of all doctors are work for some big medical healthcare establishment, um, often publicly traded. And, um, that is opposed to 20%. I don't know, several years ago. So they're really employees that are responsive to the man, <laughs> shall yes. we say, right? They're, then they have to do it a certain way, like they're told to do. Correct. That is correct. And that's why, again, a lot of the um, 
there's there are some physicians and 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 the numbers growing where they are feeling like hey you know they went to medical school to help people and if if you're feeling like you can't help people that your hands are tied and some of them are leaving the profession and they're starting their own independent practices mm-hmm. where they have more control over what they can do with their patient how they can help their patient so um i think that's we're going to see that trend go up uh or they're just getting out of medicine or they're whether they're becoming a consultant, um, they're looking for other ways where they can use their medical degree. So, yes, it, it is. It's it's very alarming. It's uh, it's alarming, and I feel for those physicians. Like I said, they have worked hard, and they deserve to be treated with with respect. Amen to that. Um, so, Sylvia, let, let's. I would love it if you could get into. We talked about health insurance. Uh, the natural question I'm sure people have is, are your services covered by health insurance? Great question, John. So for the most part, uh, my services and the services of independent patient advocates across the country are not covered by insurance. But if you have um, a health savings account, you know, HSA, okay, so this is what I encourage my clients to do is to reach out to your HR department. It might be your benefits administrator. It might be your vice president of HR, whoever that person is. Um, and ask them if you can use your health savings account funds to pay for retaining a patient advocate, because, you know, part of your HSA says that it's for medical expenses. Mm -hmm. And I do know of several clients who have utilized their health savings account funds to hire, hire, retain uh, an independent patient advocate. And you can also consult with your CPA. If you have a CPA, mm-hmm. I also encourage you to go to your CPA and talk to them about this. So if you're comfortable with it, if you feel comfortable with it, then again, it's, it's a choice. I can't tell somebody, yes, you can. I'm just telling you that it is definitely something you should investigate. Mm-hmm. I know of individuals who have utilized their HSA funds to, pay for our independent patient advocate. Got it. Um, you mentioned others in this field. Is, is this a, a growing field? Uh, talk, just talk about the state of your industry. Is it, when did it, sure. when did it, I mean, because this is an, a relatively new concept for me and I, I'm sure it may be for some of our listeners, how big is the field and what does that look like? Sure. So I'm a member of the Alliance of Professional Health Advocates, which is the largest alliance of professional health advocates in the country. It was started in 2009. Um, and so we actually have advocates. Uh, we have a website. The Association or Alliance has a website. And we have um, advocates all over the country. Uh, there's actually a directory where you can search by state, you can search by specialty. So for example, we have uh, an advocate in the Atlanta area and her specialty is working with cancer patients. She's a cancer survivor herself. Mm. And so um, we have a nice mix of advocates within the state of Georgia with different, you know, we have one that works with um, clients who are towards the end of life. So we have, you know, great mix. So, um, so independent a- advocacy has been around for a while. Um, I think that most people are just unaware of it. So it is an education process. Uh, and the difference between an independent patient advocate and a patient advocate at the hospital, because some people say, oh, I have a patient advocate at the hospital. Well, that's true. And it's a great, you know, it's a service that the hospital is providing. But just know that as an independent advocate, 
my allegiance is 100% to my client. I don't report to a risk management department. Mm. I don't report to an insurance company. So there's no conflict of interest whatsoever where an advocate in the hospital reports to a risk management department, and they're looking out for the hospital's best interest. Got it. So if I'm looking at a patient advocate like you, how, how do I judge whether it's a good fit? Great question. So, again, I offer a complimentary 50-minute consultation. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have, I'm listed in the directory on the, Alliance, uh, you know, on the Alliance website where you can kind of see you know, what my niche is and what my background is. But I believe in talking to someone to see if, you know, what's, how do I feel my comfortable with this person? And it allows you to, you know, as a potential client to ask questions, let, let me know what's going on with you. Because I'm, I'm going to be very transparent. I certainly want to help everyone. But if it's someone that I feel that it doesn't, that I, that I don't have that expertise, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take that, that particular case on. But I will always do my best to provide resources, uh, possibly refer them to another advocate who might be a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, that's, that's the kind of person I am. I just want to be, you know, very um, transparent, very frank with my clients um, and, 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 you know, and honest. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do your research because it, I, I can see why you need to specialize uh, given the complexity of some of these medical conditions, why you need to specialize like you have. Yeah, and I just read uh, recently, I, th- I think it was in Forbes magazine, but it's also, I think, the um, National Institute of, of Health. There's over 10,000 diseases. Imagine a doctor meeting with you in his office, and you've got all these weird symptoms. How, even if he had an hour with you, you know, if we all recall the Dr. House, mm-hmm. I, I loved House, the show. I mean, think about that. I mean, you know, there's, there's just no way that a, a physician can – diagnose somebody in that amount of time right so ten thousand diseases it's just yeah yeah wow wow um it it, it's mind-boggling how complex this whole part of our lives is right i mean just healthcare is just mind-boggling to me sylvia I'd, i'd love it if maybe you could share a success story um one that illustrates the great work you do. And obviously you're in the confidentiality business, so you can't share uh, uh, real names, but if you could share the story, that would be great. Sure. So um, I had a client who um, he's middle-aged male and um, he had played soccer from age seven through college. So Mm -hmm. very athletic Um, actually six months out of college, he suffered a brain bleed um, which is a type of a stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the fast forward, you know, he, he was on, actually he was on seizure medications because when he had the accident, the, the brain bleed and he had surgery, major surgery, um, he, he was at risk for grand mal seizures. So his neurologist back when he was in twenties, put him on uh, a seizure med that he took for many years. So fast forward, you know, almost probably 25, over 20 years later when, when I, I ended up, um, serving as his advocate, um, he was having panic attacks as he was like driving on the highway. Um, he felt like he was going to have a seizure, and he said it had been going on a while, and it was getting worse. So he ended up, <clears throat> excuse me, in the hospital a few years ago, um, where I went in and and helped him. And <clears throat> 
he went into the ER twice within a week and was admitted to the hospital um, both times. The first time they did find something, a significant finding that was important, but it had it, it had no correlation with his symptoms. Mm-hmm. So it turned out kind of in a nutshell that some of the lab tests they had run that I'd found, they had overlooked some things that um, were linked to his medication, side effects from taking that medication long term. And so <clears throat> it ended up that he had to see a, a new neurologist, but it took several months to get him in to see that neuro- neurologist. So I can't really go into all the details, but it was a very stressful time. Um, but it was important that he mm. be transitioned to another medication. Um, so that was part of the story. And then the other part of the story, it turned out, his other, the other piece of his puzzle, um, which was discovered several months later, was that he was still having those panic attacks. It was actually from his environment. It was actually from the home he was living in. And that was making him very, very sick. And he already had a brain injury. So the toxins were actually creating a second brain injury. So I can't even imagine, you know, because you already have one brain injury. So in, wow. that, in that case, the home, you know, uh, was remediated. Mm-hmm. So it was making, actually his entire family was sick from it. He was, wow. his mom actually had been coughing for five years, had seen multiple doctors and even had a surgery with no relief. And it was actually the home that was making both of them wow. sick. Yeah, and I can understand why that didn't get diagnosed, right? I mean, because there are no house calls. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, it, well, they're not looking, honestly, you know, conventional medicine is not trained mm-hmm. on how to identify when the environment is making someone sick. Yeah. So that's that's wow. a huge thing that so many people are sickened by their environment, but they don't know it because if you just go to your average doctor, they're not looking for that. Mm. Wow. What great work, Sylvia Reisman, folks, uh, Purity Patient Advocates. Uh, Sylvia, this has been great. I can't imagine there aren't some folks that want to be in touch and learn more about your services, so let's give them directions on how they can do that. Sure. So you can either email me at Sylvia, which is S-Y-L-V as in Victor, I-A, at puritypatientadvocates.com. Um I'm also on uh, Instagram, which is at Purity Patient Advocates. I'm also on Facebook, which is Purity Patient Advocates, LLC. Uh, and you can also, on my website, is puritypatientadvocates.com. Mm-hmm. And my direct number is 470-670-7667. Sylvia Reisman, folks. Purity patient advocate Sylvia, this has been fascinating interview. Congratulations on your work and how you're helping folks out there. Great work. Thank, thank you th- so much, John. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Just a reminder: if you need an advocate for your business, and we all do, um, if you've got administrative tasks that are weighing you down, and you're spending too much time on. Uh, things like that. You're spending too much time on your bookkeeping or doing marketing yourself. Maybe you need some help. And that help can come in the form of an angel, an angel that can fly in and do the work and fly out on an as-needed basis or uh, whenever the job is finished. Office Angels is the firm I'm talking about. They do great work. And I know this myself because I use their services. They have angels who have the talent and experience necessary to get matched up to your problem 
and get that problem ironed out for you so you can spend time on the part of the business you need to spend time on. And that's building the business with clients and taking care of your current clients. So um, if that's something that resonates with you, go to officeangels.us or call SES Cabido, 770-442-9246. And we are coming up, listeners, on show number 600. And we have gotten to that milestone because of your support, and we're grateful for that support. You have shared the show in the past when that's uh, warranted, when you've heard of uh, a provider of services like Sylvia who does great work and that work deserves to be celebrated, and you have shared the show. And we would please uh, solicit you to continue to do that uh, because that's really how, how we help fulfill our mission here at Business Radio X is to celebrate the voices, uh, be the voice of business, and celebrate the work of great business leaders like Sylvia and the other, some almost 900 uh, guests that we've had on the show over the years. So thank you again for your support. Keep it up. We really appreciate it. And for my guest, Sylvia Reisman, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.